This is the podcast for Pathways, a platform for POC voices in the humanities, arts, and social sciences. I guess let's start with Amplify. What prompted you to get started with that? It's something I've been thinking about for like a long time anyway. But then this year I wrote an essay in my master's um, about the complete and utter lack of diversity in publishing, um, which is like internally and in the output. And yeah, honestly, I sent the essay to my dad he sent me a really nice email back and was like, would you think about starting a publishing house in the future? And I was like, ha ha ha, Shwen, look at this. And then we joked about it so hard for so long that we got serious. Started actually drawing up like a little business plan, like how to get things done. Um, and actually actioned it. We're as surprised as anyone. Honestly, everyone's like, how the fuck do you do it? And we're like, honestly, I can't tell you. It just kind of all happened and we're like, oh, we own a business now. Cool. Full disclosure, we probably should have put a little bit more thought into it. Um, but we, we pulled it together in a couple of months. <laughs> so growing pain and all now, but it's, it's working. Yeah. yeah, it's like really blown up, I feel like. And I'm like watching it all happen and I'm like, wow, this is like going to be the next big thing in like publishing and in selling. All thanks to Flex Mommy, honestly. Like, we cannot thank her enough. <laughs> Flex Mommy was genuinely such an enormous influx of our followers. Did she approach you guys? Did you approach her? We, we just messaged her and we were like, would you want to like promote us in any way? Like, we can't pay you, sorry, that we can give you a code. And she just, she screenshotted that message, first of all, shared it on her story. Yeah. And then she had like four or five, I think, screen recordings of like her scrolling through our shop and stuff. And it, it worked. Yeah. <laughs> like we were I, not expecting her to reply, but. Yeah. She was the first one that we reached out to as well. This is like right up her brand. Cause like, if you look at her brand, it's always like POC stuff. Um, and also there aren't very many like POC influencers, so, like really big people anyways in Australia. She's like one of the biggest ones. And I was like, hey, Marina, what is like long shot? We just like sent her like an insta dm and then she did it and like that night i think we got like 500 followers like right off the bat in one night and i just kept like growing from there insane that's incredible um i guess like i'm gonna i'm gonna try and pull something deep and philosophical out of this experience <laughs> but like what do you think on like having kind of POC champions to be there kind of and support your work and uplift your work like is that an important part of the community and if so how absolutely yeah because like obviously like we're not writing the books or like producing them in any capacity we're literally just trying to focus on making people pay attention to them and like getting them out there and so like when it comes down to it like basically what we're trying to do is champion like POC um authors and illustrators like and support sort of, like the smaller imprints all that kind of thing um and yeah we've also got like thank you cards which my friend um Rochelle who is also a person of color designed for us and we're like planning on rotating those every now and then with a new artist as well like the whole core of it is to help is to like champion POC voices Like after we started it, like I realized that there was a huge community with like POCs um, on the internet, and like I think if you pay attention to the media that we get, they're all or like most of them 
are written by people of color and like so like liminal reached out and she's um i think her name's cheryl or no share she's singaporean as well and then the other one that we did was a person of color as well and like everyone who's reached out has been mostly oh, junkie junkie yeah so yeah. she was a person of color um and like we've gotten a lot of support from them which has been very nice like it's been so lovely and it's like the community in itself like the bipoc community has really supported us and it's just been like very nice it's like you don't need white people you just need bipoc i think it's been really interesting to see um like all the support that we get on the different platforms like on instagram it's definitely more like young people supporting us and it's all young people who are also people of color supporting us and then on twitter it's just like all these industry professionals and they're old and they're white and they're like look at this new bookstore it's so cool uh it's just so sweet like we had a couple of professors like our tutors and stuff um who have like other industry jobs um give us like constant shout outs on twitter and wherever they were i kind of want to like talk about your experiences starting amplify as like young people yourselves um how did you know that this was something you were kind of like ready to do or like did you know this was something you were ready to do we just threw ourselves in way too deep that we cannot get out now but we are figuring it out <laughs> it's really deep not deep enough, not deep enough to drown but you kind of have to paddle the water you know what i mean what are some of like the past experiences that you feel like have set you both up for starting and now running the store um well obviously we both like are currently studying publishing um and comms but so like a lot of the things that we've been doing at uni have been like obviously directly relevant or we've been getting like industry information things like that and like it's what we're studying it's the industry we're both aiming to be in anyway at the end of the day um and then before like in my undergrad i studied literature so i've got like a a solid sort of grasp on how white all the reading lists etc the kind of general canon and bookstores are and like honestly that knowledge in itself is such a driving factor for me to like keep pushing um and be just like book stuff really really pertains it's like my whole literally my whole thing <laughs> um, other than that i ended up at the brow for a bit which was not a lot of work but still a bit of an inside look into publishing etc yeah i think like for me i grew up with a love for reading and like i read a lot as a kid partly because i didn't have any friends but mostly because i was like oh books fine and my parents were like you can only read books you can't have games you know classic thing for a parent didn't have like disney channel i didn't have toys i had books and then like i decided that i wanted to do publishing um and i thought publishing was pretty like like it's cool like it's it, like it it fits into kind of like the story of like my life going from like loving books to doing media and then publishing like it's always been very media focused but i think marina coming up to me and being like hey shen you know what's really white and then me realizing that was really white because i've never really paid attention because unlike film or tv i don't see the author when i read a book or i don't like like it's not in your face when there isn't a person of color in the book or it's not written by a person of color 
so I've never really paid attention. But Maria was like, it's very white, by the way. And I was like, ah, oh, fair enough. And she's like, there are very good stories out there by people of color, by the way. And I was like, ah, that we need to champion. Also, like, we were definitely already talking about it, like, before, but this June, July, when, like, Black Lives Matter was having its surge, like, globally, that just, like, that shook me, like, to my core. I was not okay for a good few days there, and, like, obviously, like, still thinking about it, it's, like, not just, like, a thing that happened for a few days, but, like, the reading lists that were going around and people being, like, support these books by black authors and then everyone else being like I've never read a book by a black author and it's like how (laughs) like literally how there are so many and it's because you have to be so intentional because of like the lack of it like in shops and stuff but it's also like it's also on the end of the publishers where it's just missing and yeah honestly like that surge and people starting to like try to share books and stuff like pointed out how like needed this is and I don't know about you but like I always think that books get forgotten because there's a part of it that's very like reading in itself has been like a lost and dying art in like in the last few years where everyone's like on their phones and there's always been a surge of like and people talking about how you should get more representation in film and tv and I I can entirely agree. Half of the essays I wrote about undergrad was about representation in film. But like, no one really talks about it in books because, you know, you don't see it as much. And it's so intentional when you decide to read more books by people of color. And it's like, personally, this year, I was like, I'm going to get back into reading. Got lockdown, nothing to do, might as well read. And then I was like, oh, I need to read more books by people of colour, where do I start? And then you realise that, A, if you go on any other bookstore site, it's really fucking hard to find books by people of colour. Even though they're out there, like, you have to, like, search it up, or you're never going to find it. And that's also part of the problem. I also think like, yeah, I like that June-July period of the Black Lives Matter was such a watershed moment for these conversations, I feel like. It's sort of like we saw them kind of enter the mainstream consciousness for the first time. Everyone was like, wow, we need to do better, I guess, in that regard. Yeah, um, and then just watch it exit in September. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone just like, casually forgets about it. Yeah. It's exited, but I think people are a lot more sort of percept- like receptive to the topics that were brought up then to be brought up again now. How generally do your family feel about Amplify? Um, yeah, they seem really proud of us. Like, my dad is white. Like, he is very white. But, um, but yeah, no, he's really proud of me and, like, us and what we're doing and, like, the rest of my family has been too. My parents don't really understand, but like, um, my sister's definitely like, every time I talk on the phone, my sister, she's like, oh, how's it going? I want to know, like, what are you guys doing? What's your expansion plans? My dad's just kind of like, cool. Thanks for the book, Ben. We've, we've both got more work to do on sort of like drilling in to our parents' heads, like why it's important. I have cried about 
belonging and race things to them before so they know like to an extent that it affects me but I don't think they've quite like grasped <laughs> how deeply and like what sort of like which the shop could do if it really takes off yeah like amplify I 100% know can only exist in a western country where oh, BIPOCs are a minority and so like it's just like they don't get it and like I kind of understand it they get it but I think they kind of see the importance of it like like they they kind of understand what we're doing it's just it's not something that resonates with them because it's not an experience that they've had because they grow they live in Asian countries it's just a matter of us working out what will actually get through to different people especially of the boomer generation Broadly, what are your like future plans? Not necessarily just for the bookstore, but like in life. Um, well, hopefully the bookstore will keep on kicking and growing. Um, because yeah, like as much as we're trying our best, we still have like major gaps, and we can like we're trying, we're we're really trying with what we have to be like a place for representation for everyone. But it's just like we we just we can't afford it. Like we're doing our best, but it's. It's not quite there yet, um, so that's like a pretty immediate goal. And also in that covering not just like different countries and like race, but also other diversities like queerness, um, mental illness, like things like that, like other things that people like want to read and resonate with. Um, yeah, maybe a real like a not real, but like a bricks and mortar store at some point. Um, yeah, working on a little little imprint, and then outside of Amplify, yeah, just like a job in publishing getting that experience trying to make change yeah like what we're doing now with amplify is basically proving or like trying to prove to publishers that there's a space for BIPOC authors in the industry and so it's like the front end of book selling where we're like people want these stories hence you can go back to them and be like you should make more of these stories Publishing and book selling is just like a relationship. It's like a back and forth. It's like, this is what people want. This is what we're creating. So if we can prove that people want buy pop voices, there'll be more that will be created. Um, Classic supply and demand. <laughs> working on the supply. Yeah. Well, no, we're working on the demand. Demand. <laughs> to go Someone. backwards to inside the publishing houses to up the supply. It's so interesting that you kind of that like front end and back end um, sort of idea of like yeah book selling is the kind of front end but you still see that as very separate to kind of your professional lives and the jobs that you will have one day hopefully in like the back end and then kind of joining that up. Um, Listen, unless we take off in like an in an Amazon started in my warehouse, now we are a global multinational. Um, we're gonna need other jobs. <laughs> So yeah, <laughs> it's the realities of book selling as well. Just like yeah. the margins in publishing generally are just not great. Publishing in general is an industry that is constantly like on the verge of drowning, which is a very surprising thing to learn this year during my <laughs> masters. Um, but yeah, I think with Amplify, um, we're just trying, we're just trying our best to make it, make it diverse and make it like a place where people can find books.
I think up next on the list is like private colleges that have the money to buy books from indie bookstores and not Amazon, and then like the university and like literature students. It's like a double whammy though, because if you get the people with the white guilt, like a we're getting customers, but b they're like educating themselves and broadening their horizons. So. Yeah. The win-win like, situation. It's a shop, yes, but like at its core, it's a social justice movement organization. Sure. Yeah, like definitely, like amplifies more of a social movement than it is a business. It's filling a niche in the industry, and it's doing something good. It's um, social, but it's personal as well. Yeah. I have one last question, um, and this is a quickie. I want like the first kind of thing that comes to mind here. But um, book recommendation, <laughs> go. <laughs> Trevor Noah, Born a Crime, always a good bet. Always oh, a good bet. That one's a good bet. Um, I think if you're looking for your new Harry Potter replacement, maybe the Poppy Walk. I just started on it, and I really do like it. I've never read Harry Potter. But it's kind of what I imagined Harry Potter would be, you know, it's like <laughs> private school drama, but with a mythical uh, universe with magical powers and um, war. Not <laughs> more literary fiction slash like domestic fiction. Everything I never told you by Celestine. YA, mental health, trigger warnings galore. Um, Starfish by Kemi Dawson. We don't have it yet. It's coming in February. It'll get here. Um, <laughs> queer but like not in an explicit way sort of book about depression but it's not about like with depression but it's not about depression Darius the Great's not okay also YA if you like John Green but you don't want to read John Green Aristotle and Dante discovers the secrets of the universe I read them when I was like also YA I read them very young romance chiclet just need something fun want some smut don't read it out loud don't maybe don't give it to your mom honestly um anything Helen Huang her series also deals with, um, or like not her series, but the Bride Pest and the Kiss Quotient, and there's another one coming out soon, but they're all companions, so it's not like you don't actually have to read them in order or anything. Um, also deal with people, um, protagonists who are on the spectrum. Um, and yeah. Get a Life, Chloe Brown, and that companion series as well is an absolute delight. So much serotonin. Uh, if you want Very, to show like, casually diverse. Yeah. Translations, I think. Um, the Memory Police is a good one if you like magical realism. Um, and also if you enjoy Japanese translations, um, Kim Ji-yong is like a smash hit. It's also this big, it's like 150 pages. Anyone started can read it. on the plane yesterday to something. Yeah, like, it's <laughs> short. And it's, it's um, fiction written like non-fiction, feminist literature, um, a very, very interesting read. Like straight up, it's the book that bought Korea. Like they had so many arguments about it. If you Google it, there's like so much controversy. So much controversy. But you know, if you're reading it from like a Western, like a Western society point of view, you're like, oh, like this is. And one last one, one last one. Five book series. So you got Content for Days, Knots and Crosses by Mallory Blackman. The newest one came out in 2016 after the original four finished in 2008, something like that. Sorry, this is not a this is not a quickie. This is hot, like that's I'm, like fifteen books. I think he's okay.